What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Four Verse Podcast. As usual, we're going to be looking back at the Week 11 games um, and breaking them down a little bit. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. Week 11. Um, who wants to go? Who wants to give the recap? I'll go ahead. Because I don't. You I don't? Mean, no. Please elaborate. Well, Sid wants to go, so. Yeah, Sid, you elaborate. <laughs> yeah, it was a strange game. Um, first drive, obviously, they took it right down the field. And I was thinking, you know, shit, this is going to be a long day with our defense. And then uh, they messed up. Kicked it to Jameer. He took it to the house, 98 yards. Um, it was 7-7. We came out and got a stop, and we put two two drives together pretty quick, and we were up 21-7 in a hurry. And um, it was kind of one of those things where you're thinking, okay, maybe we're about to kind of put them away, actually have a complete game here. And um, we, we kicked off, had them deep. The guy fell at, like, the 10 and didn't fair catch it. And I thought we were about to, you know, kind of one of those things where you pin them deep at the 10 and get maybe a quick stop and go up three scores and kind of put the game away. And on the kickoff, we had a uh, illegal – I think we were, off, oh, we were off sides and we had to re-kick it. And we ended up getting the ball on like the 40. And they took it right down the field and scored. And then it was just kind of like the momentum took from there. And the game got out of hand. They ended up going into the half 28-1 or 28-21. And – I. You know, having Jordan Yates out there, he was he was kind of efficient at first. The first two drives looked really good. Looked like he knew what he was doing with the ball. But he finished the game um, 17 for 28 for 126 yards, uh, one touchdown and one really stupid interception, uh, which is really not unlike which is really not like him. I mean, um, he usually is pretty smart with the ball. He actually could have tucked it, I think, run for the touchdown, but he um, he didn't. So uh, the second half just. We did all right. I think um, Phil, again, had enough. That's the fourth week in a row we've had a quarterback have a career day against our defense. And I really don't know what the deal is. I go back and watch, like, the film and the couch coach on Rivals and look at what's going Y'all need to play DJ again just to get the averages back down. We have to, dude. I mean, Phil was 13 for 20 for 310. 13 for 20 for 310 and two touchdowns. (laughs) Um, Ow. Dude, third down – what is that? Thirty yard a pot for they completion? Were at, they were averaging, I think, 12, 17 yards a play. I can't remember which exactly it was, but oh it my, wasn't good, dude. I mean, oh lord, yeah, and and I mean, rushing they had um, Pat Garwo go for one hundred four on twenty four carries. Really, he was averaging like four yards a carry, but we ended up locking down the run in the second half. We just we get a third and long. And a tight end across the middle would be wide open. We'd have terrible zone coverage. Our linebackers would be sucked up in, sucked up too far to the line of scrimmage, and they throw it over top to a tight end. Or you get, you know, they, they do those long crisscross routes 
cross country routes really and Zay Flowers would be somewhere open. Um, they were two times really weird. I'm really not sure what's going on, but we had Jordan Dominic in coverage uh, running with a tight end and he got beat twice. Um, I'm really not sure if that was schemed up or if that was the mismatch that they had schemed up. I'm really not sure, but not a uh, him on Trey Berry seems uh seems like a felony. Yeah, seems very unfavorable. And then um, you should you should never put him in that position. No, because Trey Berry's a cool six eight. Yeah, and can and run. I I mean, um, if you go back and look at it, it almost looks like Jordan sees that he's running down the field, so he takes off after him. Um, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be his responsibility. If it was, uh, it's not a very favorable matchup. And also, Trey continues to play uh, in single man-to-man coverage, the boundary corner, and I'm sorry, the field corner, and he's getting toasted. Um, Zay Flowers on him is that was criminal as well. Um, so again, I really don't know what the answer is in the secondary. Um, it seems to be the older guys. Uh, Ace finally he got ejected with targeting and Trinilia stepped in and he was our surest tackler he graded out the highest tackler and it was like you immediately noticed him in the game um, so it's tough to sit there and watch guys get snaps that really probably shouldn't be getting snaps I don't know what the deal is I'm overall on the defensive side of the ball uh, the one bright spot continues to be Jameer he's just so fun to watch um, he's he's different and now he's second in the country in all-purpose yards he's over 500 on kickoff return um, over 600 in rushing and over 500 in receiving. So he's getting it done all over the field. We just – with Jordan Yates, we're so limited in what we can do. Um, when we started trying to throw down the field, there were tip passes by the linebackers, and it was getting real hairy. There, there were a couple should have been picks. So um, he's not a long-term answer for us. So got to get Jeff back healthy, and hopefully we get good Jeff. Um, he was in a boot, but um, – it's kind of one of those weird situations where they say it's just like a little delicate ankle injury and they wanted to get him healed up and not keep pushing him week to week. So it's just a boo-boo, like DJ says. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a little boo-boo. Um, hopefully he ain't boo-boo if he is gets back healthy and plays Saturday up in South Bend. So um yeah, I don't know. Just frustrating again to watch us score 30 points and then we go to tie the game up. In the uh, fourth quarter, we drive all the way down the field. We're going to tie it up 31 to 31. And we doink it off the the, the crossbar or the, the field goal post. It's like, fuck, dude. You get a little momentum. And, I mean, I'm not saying it lost us the game, but it's like we got momentum. We were about to go score, tie the ball game up. And then you do that and you look on the <laughs> sideline. Everybody's just like, what the fuck? Like. And the kicker and the holder are down there arguing about whose fault it was. And you're like, you're all, I, I, it was right in front of us. And I'm like, you're both just, uh, I'm not even going to say what I was thinking. I just, I don't know, frustrating. So it's kind of shit you can't do in win ball games, especially with as thin of a margin we have. So um, that's about all I got. And uh, y'all keep texting me, and I'll just keep dinging on here. <laughs> and uh, maybe that's my cue to shut up. So, Yeah. Tough game, tough outcome. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. but There's not, there's not much else to say. It's, it was not good. It's just this watching, watching a, Georgia a, Tech a games tone. just gives me 
like the same feeling as watching South Carolina games. It, so. It's just – I think it's, I'm more frustrated right now because, like, these games last year, I mean, we went up to Boston College and got pretty much blown out. I mean, there's just games we, we weren't in last year, and really the only game we have not been in this year was the pit game. Other than that, like, you're right there. You're right there. It's just we do – all the stupid shit and none of the right shit at the end of the game to pull out a win. And it's just like, it's so fucking maddening. To but that there. is progress. That is progress. It's now progress. You just have to learn how to win. I, I, I really think like you talked about today, a, it's not simple, but it seems simple. Just a better coordinator, a surefire defensive coordinator, coach up the secondary, um, I think the young talent's there. We're still recruiting well, but, I mean, if you keep doing this shit, you're not going to. But I don't know. I, I think off-season changes will be made, and obviously we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, something's got to give. We've got to start getting over that hump and start winning some of these games we're in instead of finding a way to lose them all. Yeah, but, again, I don't in season, I don't really know how much you can do other than the fact that you're – you're in every game, and it's not like you're. It's not like your guys are quitting when they get down no. or shit like I, that. So I mean, it's, it is say, progress. Not that I'll it's the progress you want to see, but right. I mean, people on our board are like, I don't see no progress, but I mean, they're people are just so off the rails with it, which I get it. I mean, they're invested in this shit and they're not happy with a pro- with what they're getting on the field, and obviously I'm not either. But I mean, if you can't see the progress, I don't I don't know really know what to tell you because this offense compared to where we started is 10 times better. I mean, we were God awful that first, that first year. I don't really even know how we won three games. Um, it's a good thing Miami was just way worse than us. So, um, yeah, I, well, I mean, there's, there's progress, but in the end of the day, the progress shows up in the wins and loss columns. And right now we're still not getting it done there. So it's going right. to be tough, tough sledding for Jeff. While we're on this though, do you think the progress is more, personnel-wise and the fact that you actually have a legitimate Power 5 roster now in terms of talent, or is it just because you have guys getting better? So on the offensive side of the ball, I definitely think it's we're getting more up to speed with the Power 5 talent. I think if you go back and watch um, Pat Node's scheme to begin with, I mean, he can scheme it up all right. He's not a terrible play caller. He goes brain dead at times, but there's times <laughs> They all when- do. There's times when, I mean, the scheme's there. It's just you got guys that are, are just not executing at a very low level, you know. Um, right. We had a we had a, our right guard graded out as a 20.7 on pass blocking this past week. Ooh, out of 100? Yeah, 20.7. Oh, so he failed. He failed. Any, like, below 70 is considered poor play, 20.7. He, he, he wrote his name and walked out, cuz. He literally – was out there. He was on the field, and that's about it. (laughs) That's all you could say. So, so it's easy for me to sit there and say, you know, our coordinators suck, Dave Patton sucks, and there's times where we'll be, you know, doing the right things, the defense adjusts, and we keep doing the same shit. It's like, dog, you got to adjust with them. And But for the most part, I mean, he does an all right job. On the defense side of the ball, I think the talent was there. Not at defensive line. Um, We've always struggled talent-wise there linebacker were thin but to be honest I really don't think those guys are as bad as they're playing I just think there's a very big drop off 
and the defensive game plan and the defensive coordinator getting these guys ready. And I'm, I'm really not sure about Nate Burton and uh, Popovich, the corners and safeties coach. So, I mean, yeah, I get Burton was a tech guy, but if you ain't getting it done, I mean, these guys are regressing. Go. Yeah, Got to go. Trey, Tariq, Wanye, um, they're all, they've all regressed. And there's no excuse for that. They, in 2019, Trey was probably our best corner. He played, and I know we've talked about this over and over again. He he played really physical um, coverage, and now he's just no. Um, he's he's nowhere to be found in a bad way. As in, there's usually he's usually 20 yards um, away from the receiver that is catching the ball, and um, it's. I mean, you could almost say the same thing about Wesley Walker. He was probably your best corner cover guy last this year he's just kind of been yeah he's only gotten Mm. worse this year and there was like there's a play where uh Caleb Edwards from the QA is a freshman he's kind of playing that um that nickel spot slash Charlie Thomas um he's filling in a little bit for Charlie uh he plays closer to the line and there was a play where he was really tight in coverage and the guy went up and made a hell of a catch I mean he was all over him it was borderline pass interference, but it was good tight coverage. And the guy just made the catch. And I looked at my dad and I was like, shit, I'd rather see that than sitting there watching Tariq or Wanye or T- Trey 10 yards off the guy just getting absolutely toasted or nowhere in coverage and the guy's wide open. I mean, I'll take the growing pains with a freshman like that. He'll he'll eventually make that play. But, yeah, like you said, Wesley, Walk- Wesley Walker, he's only gotten worse this year. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is there, but it's, it's coaching to me. Well, goodbye, Thacker. It's going to be a continuous <laughs> theme. If you keep joining us the week, Sid's going to start his recap with a sigh, and then it's going to go into Andrew Thacker bashing for the next 10 to 15 minutes. So we appreciate your patience. And it's only <laughs> going to get worse these next two and weeks. Yep, yep. So, the, um, the end of the tunnel is nearing, and we're <laughs> we're about to let you know what we really think. And I really feel bad. I just want one last shout-out. I feel bad for Notre Dame fans because they are about to get so fooled into thinking Jack Cohn could be that guy. <laughs> they play against our defense. He's not. Our defense is just literally like a fucking wet paperback. So, um, yeah. It's going to be brutal this weekend. But, hey, like they say, sign me up for another. I'm flying out there this weekend. going to go sit in the 30-degree weather and watch watch that shit show. So It's called dedication right there. Yep. What's the definition of insanity? Yeah. I, I, that, <laughs> that's probably that's probably it. Yeah, it's like taking an ass whooping and saying, thank you, sir. Can it, may I have yeah, another? It's doing the same and, thing and over and over Same again. time next week? May yeah. I have another, but can I have it in 30-degree weather, please? <laughs> yeah, that <now laughs> it a little cold and beat my ass. Like that, that is just how I feel every week. So, but hey. Oh, boy. Somebody's got to do it, right? You're doing the Lord's work. That's right. All right. Anybody got a happier note? I, I know I Jacob mean, I does it. I mean, I don't. <laughs> do we, <laughs> do, do we want to just go ahead and get Jacobs out of the way, or what do we want to do here? I, I mean, I, yeah, I can go ahead and go. Um, Man, disappointing game for sure. Um, we came out. Jason Brown threw a pretty bad interception on our first drive, second play of the game, um, but we got an interception right back, so it kind of canceled out anyways. Um, the interception that he threw, the, I mean, the carry-on was there. He beat his man, 
but he just under Jason Brown underthrew the ball like like crazy. It was a horrible throw. Um, and then the next drive, we put together a pretty good drive, got in the end zone. Um, I was feeling pretty good about how the offense was looking early. Um, Missouri's first touchdown drive, they used a lot of trickery, lots of like um, double reverses and lots of different motions, just um, kind of trick playing their way down the field. They ended up scoring, but still, you know, if you see a team using kind of going deep into their playbook, pulling out these trick plays to, to get down the field on their first drive or second drive, I guess, you kind of feel good about about them not thinking they can actually beat you straight up. Um, obviously, that wasn't the case um, because our next drive, we got down into the red zone and then a bad handoff between um, Jason Brown and Marshall and Lloyd fumbled again. Um, and they got it back. And it kind of seemed like everybody got deflated after that. Um, didn't seem like the offense was playing with the same energy. Um but, yeah, I mean, just early turnovers killed us right there. Um, you know, I mean, we we're still in the game. It was 14-14 at half. Um, but just, I don't know, you can tell that the momentum was shifting. Um, and then the rest of the game was just was just downhill. But uh, I'm play – this is what I said last week. So, um, we just can't be one of the teams that he goes for 200 on. Talking about Tyler Beatty and what did he do? He went for 200 on us. Um it's what I said that we couldn't do, and that's what happened. He went for – he had 34 carries for 209 yards, average of 6.1. Um, I mean, towards – toward, I mean, middle middle end of the game, you knew he was getting the ball, and we just – we still couldn't stop him. Um, our unathleticism at linebacker has been a hole in, the, a hole in an otherwise pretty solid defense this year, um, and Mizzou really took advantage of that in the run game. Um, using a lot of misdirections, had linebackers head spinning, um, taking taking bad first steps, um, you know, guessing wrong. Um, and even if they guess right, you know, they're having trouble getting off blocks. Um, it was just a long, a long day for those boys. Um, offensively, Jason Brown spins too much, like spins out. I think y'all know what, he, what, what I'm talking about. Um, like, like retreat, the Bo Nicks move? Yeah, like retreating in the pocket and then spins out and runs out to his left, has to make a throw across his body. I don't know why he does it so much. He tends – like, we, we run a lot of shotguns. Because looks hype in a huddle video, bro. What do you mean? But it just – I don't know. He, He's trying to go to the league. We yeah, run that's, a lot the, of, that's the we, Bo Nicks special right here. We run a lot of shotgun with him in there because that's what he ran at St. Francis. But um, he takes, like, these long drops to where – he doesn't even give our tackles a chance to block them because the dudes just have to run straight, straight downfield. Um, they don't even have to like crash into the pocket. So they just run straight downfield. They beat, beat our tackles with speed. And then Jason Brown's just running backwards, trying to spin around like Bo Nix out there. That's um, literally what Bo Nix does. He runs away from his blocking. That's what I'm constantly saying. Constantly in the pocket. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, he needs, he just needs to step up in the pocket more. Um, you know, our offensive line looked bad, but I think that also made the pass protection look even worse than it might have <laughs> been. Um, wide receivers, I mean, outside of Josh Van, you just, we just don't have that guys that are creating separation, really. Um, or at least, you know, we're not getting the ball to them if they are. Um, EJ Jenkins, the 6'7 guy, he, he hadn't gotten that many targets. You know, you think with Jason Brown, his old teammate, 
I guess current teammate. They they've been together. They've been teammates since high school. You think they would, you know, connect more, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, is it because Jenkins isn't on the field, or is he just not throwing yeah, the ball? No, Jenkins. He's on the field. He he's played. Um, he's played his most snaps these past two games the whole season. So he's out I there. Mean, that makes just, sense. Just not, just not getting the ball for whatever reason. Um, That's kind of odd. You you think he'd just automatically go back to? Oh, there's a huge guy over here in the boundary. I'm going to yeah, throw you that. You think way. so? Yeah. You would think. I mean, so. that's what I would do. But you know. I don't know. It's like we just design plays to, for Josh Van, which works a decent amount of time. I mean, but we we got to get the ball to other people. Jaheim Bell is a hell of an athlete, and he you know he's really good with the ball in his hands, but his blocking um, it leaves leaves some to be desired there. Um, so. You know, almost it's almost like just move him to receiver because we've got other tight ends that can actually down block and, and stuff like that. Nick Muses has continued to come on as as a blocker in the run game. Um, I mean, you can you can mix and match both of them because you can Bell y'all move around a good bit. I mean, he split out yeah, the slot. He, he's yeah, not he'll, he's he'll an H back some. Yeah, he's not ever attached to the line that I see. He is sometimes. Nick Muses is attached to the line. It seems like a Most lot more. Most of the time, yeah. Him and Trey Kenyon, number 12. Those are more like the blocking um, tight ends. But, I mean, if you're I mean, hell, end, if you don't have to block. So, Jaheim Bell is just getting blown up a lot. Right. But my thing is, is from a – just from a getting your best 11 on the field, if you're running an eight-back or a tight end, you can put Muse back there and then just split out Bell on the slot and move him around. I mean, do – you, you great, can't great have him mismatch. not on the field. You have to have him on the field. He's other than Josh Van. Yeah. I mean, it's by like far your most explosive guy. Yeah. I I've always been a fan of the carry on joiner, but it's time to give his snaps to someone else. Um, I wish, I wish he was he I wish he was good and I wish that he was a playmaker for the team, but he just isn't. And that's not bashing him. That's just the truth. Like he just hasn't made that many plays. Um, we go to him all the time on third down, and I haven't—I don't know if he's called one of them. Not—not not because he's dropping all of them. He just doesn't create that much separation. Um, so you know, I don't know. Just Amarion Brown's coming on a little bit. He's been playing a little bit more snaps, but he hasn't done much either. We just have there's a lot, a lot to be desired with this offense right now, and I mean, especially on the offensive line, just another terrible performance. I don't even know what to say about them. Um. I think you just did. Um, yeah, so I'm just not even I'm just not even gonna talk about them. That's fair. But, but yeah, I mean we kind of South Carolina just kind of we won the Florida game, looked like a good game, came back and just went back to the same old team that we were, bad turnovers, penalties, just shooting ourselves in the foot. Um and Missouri took advantage. So this might be too kinda, just kind of dominated us. This might be too soon for you to comment on, but how does it make you feel that Samford outscored y'all against Florida? And they didn't have a defensive coordinator for Sanford. I don't know. Florida also scored 70 on them. It's Sanford. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Uh, why, why are you trying to bring me down even more, Sam? I'm just providing context. That's yes, all. Yes. Trust okay. me. Florida's not Trust a good me. team. Maybe, maybe it wasn't a big <laughs> win, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, anyways, that was – that was a big chance for us to get the ball eligibility. And we've got two tough ones down the stretch. We're four and one at home. Our last two games are at home. We're four and one at home. We're one and four on the road. Um, so I don't know. We'll see.
So, Davini, you want me to quickly go through our, uh, our probably probably the biggest win of the season for us? Um, I can I can go because I'll probably finish in eight minutes. You're probably going to be like forty five. So um, <laughs> that's conservative. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Georgia played uh, Tennessee um, in Neyland. I think uh, Peyton Manning was there in attendance uh, to watch his team get slaughtered. Um, <laughs> I saw a bunch of pictures of him in bars after the, after the game. Damn, that would have been hype. Um, it's funny because he's so much taller than everybody, and you realize that his head is like two foot tall. It's like a cinder block. <laughs> like people come up to his shoulders, and then his head just extends another three feet in the air. It's wild. It looks like Megamon, bro. Um, but yeah, uh, Tennessee um, started off hot. Uh, you know, the first couple minutes of the game, I thought it was going to be a shootout. Um, they run the. Heupel does a pretty good job uh, with that offense. Um, they put up points quick and early. Uh, they're the first ones to score any points against Georgia um, in the first quarter all year. Um, they do a good job of uh, spreading the offense out. So it creates a lot of one-on-one matchups on the outside. And our defense, our defensive backs really haven't experienced that all this year because we've mainly just been backing up in the zone. Um, haven't really had that one-on-one outside matchup. And you kind of saw it early. Uh, Keely Ringo got beat a couple times. I think it was the second play of the game. Should have been a touchdown if uh, Hendon Hooker didn't overthrow him. Um, but, yeah, Tennessee got the ball, scored on the first drive super quick. Um, and we took the ball and scored right back. So, 7-7 seven, seven, um, after, like, two minutes. Um and then after that, uh, both offenses kind of stalled out. Um, our defense is playing a little better, um, but we got lucky with a couple, couple bad throws um, for Tennessee. And then our the first like quarter, which I know now why, but our guards were getting dominated for some reason. They were just getting pushed back into the. Uh, Backfield, uh, I mean, it was just – it was the worst play I've seen in the first quarter all year from uh, Warren Erickson and uh, Schaefer. Um, but it turns out uh, they said it on the – I don't know if you are watching the game right when it started, but they said a bunch of players had flu or had, the, had flu-like symptoms like Jalen Carter had a fever, like over 100. Warren Erickson was one of those guys. Um there's two of the main guys, but there was apparently, like, some bug was, like, going, running through the whole team before the game started. Oh, y'all definitely had COVID. Yeah, probably. Um, but, yeah, uh, Warren Erickson actually ended up getting taken out because he was playing so bad. Um, <laughs> and he, he blamed it on not feeling good. Um, I would, too. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Xavier Trust played. Uh I mean, pretty much the whole game. And that was the first time he's gotten a lot of playing time besides, you know, garbage time. And he actually ended up – He'll play plenty good. this week, don't worry. Yeah, he actually ended up playing really well. Um, Broderick Jones, the redshirt freshman, um, he started at left tackle for the second game in a row. Uh, Sawyer's still nursing that uh, ankle injury, which he probably won't come back till the Tech game or the SEC championship game anyway. 
just to be safe. Um, no point in playing this game Saturday coming up. Um, no point in playing in the set game Saturday or <laughs> next Saturday. So. Um, but yeah, so after, after, you know, they went up on us 10, seven, um, after like five minutes in the first quarter, um, went looking too hot. Um, Kirby made a change in the secondary, um, he flipped uh, Christopher Smith um, to the star position where uh, Latavius Brenny usually plays. Um, and then Dan Jackson, uh, number 47. Uh, flipped I wondered why he was back there at strong safety, like yeah. a lot. Yeah, he um, he took out Brenny because uh, Brenny's more of a uh, hole filler or run run hole. He just, he just goes and He's blows more up about play. what now? Not, he he fills the <laughs> hole really really well. Yeah, he likes filling holes. Um, Interesting. So does I'm not going to go there, but he's not he, the only one. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is, one on one matchups for Brittany do not favor him. Uh, he's just, you know, it's like the uh, 70, 73 uh, coverage grade on NCAA in man and zone. He's probably like eighty two. Um, That's straight though. But the other thing is that Tennessee, it's kind of unique because they have such wide splits with their receivers. Dude, they're sideline to sideline. It's crazy. Yeah, and they'll have their slot guy like four yards away from the guy on the outside who's literally in the boundary. He's on the sideline. He's drinking a Gatorade on the sideline. (laughs) Yes. So it's like guys like that, those tweeners that are playing close in the box and like kind of in the nickel, Yeah. you get exploited because they're going to put you out there on a freaking island. Yep, they, they did. It helps, they, helps open up quarterback run game, but y'all did a pretty good job of shutting that down after the first couple of drives where they got points. Yeah, and that's at that uh, switch in the secondary, I think it was a big, big reason why they kind of shut it down. Um, they also ran a lot of bunch formations on the outside, too. They would put like uh, three guys over there on the side and uh, run a screenplay. Um, and we couldn't figure out what to do the first couple drives. But um, anyway, after they uh, went up 10-7, um, our defense kind of stepped up finally and shut them down. Um, the rest of the first half, they had 16 plays for 27 yards. Yeah, um, then, the, then the domination began. Yeah, then the domination began, and uh, our uh, inside linebackers – had one of the best games as a unit probably all year. Um, Quay Walker, Nakobe Dean, and Channing Tindall. Um, That's good to hear because they've been struggling all year. Yeah, I've been having a really tough time. (laughs) Which, Davini, it's interesting bringing that up because on my short list for defensive coordinator, even though it probably never happened because he's at Georgia, uh, uh, Schumann is definitely a top choice. He's he's an animal, dude. Oh, he's, he's also he's also got a bunch of boys out there. Well, they they were talking yeah, they were talking I mean, about his, him replacing Lanning when Lanning leaves. Y'all could get Muschamp. Muschamp will probably replace Lanning. It's gonna be Muschamp is sh- really the difference this year. I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's address the elephant in the room right now. That's true. Muschamp is the reason the defense is where it is. There's I'm just no saying, doubt. Schumann has he's his like coach yeah, he's got a bunch of dudes, and he has been so years. disciplined. They're very <laughs> very years. disciplined. Dang, uh, and that's all because of Muschamp. You guys are not. You guys are missing the point. <laughs> I think Sid. I think y'all need Muschamp as head coach. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> I agree. There you go. There he's you a, go. He's what they call a program builder. Yeah. Right. Now right. we've got one of those. We've got Scooter. <laughs> Scooter. Must we've got GC3. Muschamp is the next level, though, because he's got SEC experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you oh, want. Sign me up for some of that, that, that SEC experience. That's what you want. Hey, he's ran through the SEC. Now he just needs to start with the ACC, maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he ran through much of anything, but yes. Yeah, he, he ran through, he ran a, through, through a couple budgets. He ran yeah, through a couple athletic yeah. <laughs> He ran through some checks, yeah. <laughs> some buyouts. That boy going crazy. He's just chilling, bro, and he's – loaded just being an analyst right now so yeah um that uh, trio uh finished with 27 tackles five tackles for a loss and four sacks combined um is that good is that good <laughs> um yeah it's pretty dominant um but yeah so after after the first quarter it it pretty much went how everyone thought it was gonna go um you know, shout out to uh, James Cook for uh, giving whoever had him on fantasy a lot of points. Um, he had 150 uh, total yards on the ground and uh, receiving three total touchdowns. Average 10 yards of carry on the ground. Um, he's a beast. How many, how many fantasy points did he have? That's what the people want to know. I'm glad he finally is uh, – being exploited in the way it should be. Um, you want me to? You want me to calculate that? Yeah, let's add that up in the back if you don't mind. The minute you can carry yeah. on. Um, okay, yeah, I'm just so, doing mental math. Yeah, get on that. Um, Use your fingers, Davidi. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Stetson Bennett is the guy. Um, is he's been like? He's been the guy. Um, uh, he he he's you never know what you're gonna get, man. I mean, one throw, he'll throw it 20 yards short, or he'll throw it over the guy's head or behind him, and the receiver has to make a crazy play to even catch the ball. And and then the next throw, he'll throw a dime in the back of the end zone to James Cook, and it's just it. It's so inconsistent sometimes. It scares me. Um, especially I mean, in fairness to Stetson, if you're only going to let him throw the ball 15 times, he's probably not even warm until about the fifth or sixth one. I think you guys should take the DJ approach, realize that he's probably the weakest <laughs> on your offense, and let him throw the ball somewhere between 50 and 100 times a game. Yeah, James Cook, James Cook would have put up 35.7 points. Mm, Could have used that, yeah, that one for sure. That probably would have won me this week. Um, but yeah, it's Obviously, the reason he's in there still is because of his legs. Um, he can extend the play really well. Um, he actually does move around in the pocket and scramble really well. That is a good attribute of his. Um, but what I'm scared is down the road is, you know, when we're down, we haven't been down by more than, I mean, I guess Tennessee, that was the first time we were down by seven points. And that was only for like two minutes. Um, you know, what if we're down by like 14 or 17? Can Stetson lead the offense and, you know, come back and win? That's what I'm worried about because you can only rely on your defense so much. I know our defense is that, – that, 
that legit may never come. Yeah, that's true. Y'all being down seventeen points. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell I you. I would require a team to score more than the season high total in one game. Yeah, um, and y'all to score nothing. But what what scared the team? The only team that scares me is Ohio, Ohio State. State, and it's because of those guys out wide. Those those that's they got the boys. I mean, yeah. I think I think Bama that's the only team that scares me. I think Bama's ability to run the ball plus those receivers they have. I mean, I, th- I think they're definitely behind Ohio State. But, I mean, I, I'm not saying it would scare you, but, I, I mean, I think they're a threat. Yeah. yeah. The only issue with Bama is they just don't have the offensive line to give the pass protection. Like, last year, Mac Jones could literally sit in a rolling chair, have a cup of coffee, you know, check some emails, yeah. then just chunk it, fuck it, Devontae down there somewhere. But – Unfortunately, Bryce Young doesn't have the same luxury. Not that it's affecting his stats at all, because you know he still throws screens for touchdowns and stuff. But you know it's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. You see one of those high-powered offenses that can that can throw the ball like really well. That's probably the only thing Georgia hasn't really seen is other than Tennessee was a, a team that can really spread you out and just chunk it all afternoon. Yeah, and they did. They had a big old boy too. Uh, Cedric Tillman went like had like ten catches for two hundred yards, and I mean that just it scares me to just hope just foreshadowing what Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson might do. But uh, hopefully, I mean, you already you already put it on tape that you're going to put Dan Jackson back there when you get spread out. So yeah, baby, they gonna run by him. <laughs> 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 they gonna run right by him. Uh, he just he just looks exactly like Nolan Turner out there. It's strange. You know I love it though. So um, that's racist. Shout out to him. How <laughs> he's the underdog, bro. <laughs> that's why I love him. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it. Uh, pretty much on Tennessee. Um, well, we just got canceled. <laughs> We're just going to glide by that. Sam. What's that? Talk, talk yeah. to us about Clemson. Yeah, so um, obviously probably the biggest game of the season against UConn. Um, we broke out we broke out them purple drink jerseys. Uh, so that's always nice. Military Appreciation Day. They go oh, all out. Oh, so had, ugly. I think we had like four flyovers. It's pretty dope. Um, really just flexed the defense budget of the U.S. government. Always love to see that. Um, but really, talking about the game, you know, I predicted this one to be 38-7 Clemson. Um, they got a little hairy in the beginning. UConn, we, we kicked opening kickoff to him. Their returner drops it. And I don't know if him dropping it just got us all out of our lanes or whatever, but he just burned it up the left side. Took it back Bro, to his six. First, his first couple steps on that return, like right after he picked up the ball, it looked <clears> like he was stuck in mud for a second. And then all of a sudden he like got his traction and just took off. Oh, it was, it was one of the – yeah, it's one of those things where he drops the ball and you're like, okay, he's about to get absolutely destroyed at about the 15 if he even makes it there. And then he caught a block and just just took off. Um, so I thought, oh, shit, here we go again. Um, luckily, <laughs> that was about all UConn did the entire game. When I say about all they did, I mean, that's that is, literally all they did. That's it. Um, they had 99 yards of offense, uh, went from negative 17 on the ground. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we outgained them 476 to 99. That's our highest output of the year offensively. 
Um, it certainly didn't feel like that. But obviously, the goal of a game like this, you just put up a, a solid lead at halftime. Then in the second half, you just you just start unloading the bench, start yeah. throwing touchdown passes to the coaches' kids, uh, do fake fake field goals for the coaches' kids. Yeah, just get um, the coaches' kids involved as much as possible. Yeah, except except you do that right off the jump. You let them know <laughs> this is this is full disrespect. The walk-ons are playing. I mean, you know. <clears throat> But again, I think it's more about the defense. Outstanding, pitch to shutout, zero offensive points. Like I said, UConn negative 17 yards rushing on 25 attempts. Um, we also pitched a shutout on critical downs, 0 for 14 on third, 0 for 4 on fourth for UConn. Um, we also sacked their quarterback six times in the first half, uh, and then after that, we started running just a ton of second, third string guys, and, and didn't have as much effect on the backup quarterback in the second half, but also had two turnovers. Uh, Sheridan Jones and Mario Goodrich each got an interception. So, again, you know, defense did what they had to do. Everybody got to play a little bit. Uh, Dabo actually asked me what number I wanted to be, <laughs> uh, but, I, but I told him the game was a little out of hand and I was probably just going to take it back to the parking lot and have another beer. Um, but You could take <clears> DJ's spot, probably. I mean, when you say probably – I mean, I even if – even against UConn, he went 21 for 44. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was painful to watch, um, but we'll get into that. Um, you know, it was, again, it was one of those games where we ended up holding six guys. Um, five of them are starters. Uh, on offense, we had Will Shipley, Will Putnam, and Kobe Pace sit out. Uh, defense, we had Jalen Phillips, Andrew Booth, and Xavier Thomas. And it's interesting because all six of these guys were had, had been, like, banged up previously and had practiced all week and then they're just like yeah we we don't need them so we're gonna hold them which I think is good considering we got weight coming up but um <clears throat> you know as you mentioned DJ uh, 21 of 44 offensively it felt like we kind of took a step back because you know against Louisville we saw a bad secondary we threw the ball pretty well but um you know so DJ coming off his best game of the year against Probably the weakest opponent. I would love to see UConn play South Carolina State. I think it would be a pretty – I think it would be a dogfight, to be honest with you. Probably like a 10-10 <laughs> game at the end of regulation, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just want to see DJ build off of it, but instead he goes sub-50% completion, throws an interception early on a throw that's like four or five yards behind Bo Collins, just on a little post route off coverage. I mean, there's literally no one around him. There's just a corner behind you think him. It, you it, think it's just like a severe case of the yips? I, I think I think to be honest with you, it's it's mostly footwork. He's got such a long release that it's kind of it can definitely be erratic. And you'll see him like when he when he really gets his arm over the top of his head and finishes, you see spirals. And when he doesn't throw spirals, they're awful. <laughs> awful. Awful, awful, awful. So it's kind of with DJ when he, when he, when his, when his feet are pointed at the target and he follows through with his pass, more often than not, it's okay. The problem is, is that he's extremely inconsistent at doing that. Um, but that's, you know, again, and, and the, the crazy part about this game is that Tyson Fumachan is from Connecticut. His younger brother is on the Connecticut roster as a quarterback, but he got hurt. So it's kind of like, you want to see DJ go for a couple good drives, and then you probably just take him out and let Puma run it as often as you can. Um, he came in there, had one completion for like 30 yards, a couple nice runs, said he hurt his shoulder. 
So right there before halftime, DJ looks like absolute booty cheeks and everybody's yelling, you know, for number seven and we can't get him on the field because his shoulders hurt, obviously. Just so apropos for 2021. But, um, you know, again, uh, another outstanding drive right before the half, as he did last week. DJ went four of six for 88 yards, had probably the prettiest pass of the season, 30-yard back shoulder dime to Bo Collins in the corner of the end zone. Um, and the last two weeks on our final drives of the first half, uh, DJ's a combined 10 of 15 for 159 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, those drives have taken combined a minute and 49 seconds. Uh, so there's been quite a debate going on in the last couple of weeks about just going straight NASCAR tempo with DJ and not giving him any time to think about anything because that <laughs> seems to be where a lot of his problems uh, originate or in his own mind. Um, and I mean, you know, we can get into that, but the, the fact is that the two minute drill scenario in the last three weeks or so has, has been a lot better for him. Um, but as Jacob, as you, as you talked about the offensive line struggles, we had them as well. Our tackles played pretty well, I thought. Uh, the interior of the offensive line was god-awful. Obviously, not having Will Putnam. Bockhorst has been hurt, so it's it's not like we're on starters from August, but, you know, just really bad. We only ran for 129 yards on 42 attempts. I get it. We're down offensive linemen. We have our top two running backs not playing, but when you can't push UConn off the ball with recruited scholarship players, you're in bad shape. But – um. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say. You know, obviously we won forty-four to seven, so I'm not going to be overly critical of it, but just not nearly as clean as you want to look against a, a women's team like UConn. That's what they should have done. They should have brought the women's team out there. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like our softball team probably could have put up more than forty-four. I'm just going to be real with you. <laughs> Yeah, well, <clears throat> um, yeah, I guess that's it for the recap. Oh, with Oklahoma losing, does anybody think there's any chance that Lincoln Riley goes to LSU? I mean, I hear no. there's legit interest, but I think you also got to think their move before they move into the SEC is going to try to maybe get ahead of the game and go to LSU. And because, I mean, this is no shot at Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is a really – Solid program, top program, but I just feel like in the SEC, bro, it would be so funny if if he's the one that like got him into the SEC, then just dips right before they join. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows really how if that's what Lincoln wanted? That's, I mean, that's true. But, I wouldn't. Have I mean, and you're the you're in the, the big opportunity top dog. If you win enough games, you're in the playoff. It's kind of like how Clemson is. Why would you want to leave? I mean, this yeah, is a perfect yeah. scenario. And so then, when you if you're in that conference, I mean, the opportunities at LSU are endless. Yeah, at a place like that. So I mean, but, I mean, I I think you also have them at Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, definitely. But just SEC being established in that conference, LSU, the brand, everything. I don't know. I feel like – I don't know. I, I think there's legit interest. Do I think he goes? Probably not. Yeah. I, think I, would, I, would, be, I would be very surprised if he did, but I don't know. It's interesting to, to watch because, yeah, I've seen, I've seen 
stuff on the internet, which is obviously all true because it's the internet. Yeah, okay. you're not allowed to post it if it's not true. That's what I'm yeah. yeah. Um talking about, about one on the internet. Any, talking about there's some interest. Are true. Um but it's just like I saw Beamer was going to Virginia Tech today. That's he is true. Yeah, he's gone. He's already signed. He already packed up his um, office. <laughs> he gave the Urban Meyer, I'm not going there. Um in a conference, and then they'll announce it next week. Um, they're just yeah, I can't wait they for give it time. To USC to be announced. That's going to be crazy. Yep, they got to give um, they got to give it time to get the, the the marketing department time to come up with a, a, a an edit with his dad and him. You know, taking over. Right, right. Yeah, but it's, yeah. you got to give that time. So that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in a day. No, you you don't you don't rush greatness with that kind of no. stuff. No. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll discuss that next week when Lincoln Riley's the head coach at LSU, yeah. Myers at USC, <laughs> Beamer's back at Virginia Tech, <laughs> Tony Elliott will probably be at Virginia Tech by that point too. So, you know, all's good in the world. But yeah, there's uh there's week eleven. So, um, hope you enjoyed. If anyone's out there listening, <laughs> um, peace.